Welcome to Necessary Illusions. I am your host, MC Squared. On tonight's episode of the podcast, I interview Lila Charles Lee. She is a Hollywood A-lister, a podcaster, and a committed leftist to positive change in the dystopian reality we all find ourselves in. She was born in Rome to a classics professor and sculptor, and after moving around, she's now found a home in L.A., where she lives with her husband and children and works as an actor and producer in Hollywood. She also co-hosts the weekly podcast called Punch-Up Pod with Pat the Burner, which is described as Drunk History Meets The Daily Show. I hope you enjoy our discussion. Again, I am your host, MC Squared. And she's also one of the Kardashians. Wow. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Boy, I don't know which part of that introduction is the most offensive to most people. Is it the actress? The <laughs> That's what we're trying writer? to do here. We're going to try That's to offend right. as many po- people as possible on Necessary Illusions. That's what I'm going for. It's important. It's important to know your enemies. Uh, no, I am definitely not a Kardashian. I will not claim Whoa, I got any my information wrong here then. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did you want to scrap the whole thing now? Do you feel like you don't want to do this with me anymore? <laughs> um, I was told this was going to air on the E-Network. Is that even around anymore? Uh, gosh, I don't even know. What's Cut his name? Court. Ryan, uh, Ryan, what's his name? Who does all those things? The Kardashians. Seacrest. Seacrest. I met him 25 years ago. So Back you before. are a Hollywood insider. Uh, he, I know him. He doesn't know me. <laughs> how did you? How did you meet Ryan Seacrest? He was auditioning to be the host of some game show, and I was helping out doing like mock shows with them as a pretend contestant. And he came in, and I actually think he's. I mean, you know, I don't love many of his programs, but he seems like a very sweet guy. So, but you know, it was funny because when he came in. I don't think any of us was all that impressed with him. And then like, he just skyrocketed to fame. So what the hell do I know? Nothing. I do not have my finger on the pulse. Apparently. Yeah. (laughs) This was, this was before um, he hit it big, huh? Oh, way before. Yeah. I mean, now he's like a media mogul. He has, you know, 10 different shows and yeah. So uh, how do you feel about me calling you a Hollywood insider? Is that offensive? Are you a Hollywood insider? I mean, in, uh, (laughs) again, I have been here now for three decades. So in that way, you know, yeah, I've I've been here for a while, but um, I'm certainly not a Kardashian. And, uh, you know, I've been here enough that I feel like I I know a lot about what's going on, but I certainly haven't had the success as an actress that I hope to 
have one day still. I still have big dreams, big dreams. How did you break in the industry and when did you know you wanted to get into acting? I mean, I've wanted to act since I was little, like three. I've always, you know, I would like smoke, not at three, but like when I was nine or 10, I'd smoke cigarettes in the bathroom mirror and pretend I was on the Johnny Carson show and telling my whole life story. And I was always in plays and, you know, we moved a lot. And so I would always try to get into any production that was happening in every new city we went to. Um, and then I went to college in New York, which is where my family is from. And I got was at Columbia playing. here. That's an, that's an Ivy league school, isn't it? It is an Ivy league school. I know the much maligned deservedly. So Ivy league. Um, but it was, you know, it's a great education and I wanted to be back in the city because at that point my parents were living in Cincinnati and uh, I hadn't been in any one place for more than a year in, or more than two years in like seven years. So I was, you know, in New York for four years. I was at Columbia doing my undergraduate work. And then I was also taking classes at uh, Actor Studio, HB Studios, Circle in the Square. I was doing Off Off Broadway. So I was doing all that, but I really felt I was so jealous of Winona Ryder. <laughs> I was like obsessed with her at the time. And I just wanted to come out to LA and be in movies. So as soon as I graduated, um, I was a year young for my grade. So I graduated when I was 21 and I came right out here. So that's like the, isn't that like the cliche Hollywood script, like uh, a New Yorker, you know, obviously you moved around a little bit, but then yeah. you go out to the West Coast to chase your dreams. That's kind of what you did? It Yes, that's exactly what I did. Uh, I thought it would have, I'm not going to say a different ending because I'm still on the journey, but I certainly thought it was going to happen a little faster for me than it has. You know, there have been some great moments and we've I've been able to do still a lot of theater out here, some TV, quite a few independent movies, um, been able to produce some. I wrote one, you know, that's been so much fun. But, you know, I still, you know, we all still have that dream of uh, going to your award ceremony because you did some fantastic movie that's going to stay with, you know, hundreds of millions of people for their whole lives and will be forever remembered, you know. So I still have that dream in my uh, in my heart. So uh, this is, I mean, my, my show, it's definitely a little bit outside of the scope of what I usually talk about, but I'm fascinated, you know, it's, it's a different <laughs> kind of world that I've never seen. I do want to get into um, Hollywood a little bit here, just kind of the business, you know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a working class guy. Um, I'm a pro worker, um, you know, union uh, working left leftist or whatever, you know what I mean? I think I put on my Twitter bio, you know, part-time rhymer, working class grinder, you know, <laughs> but, um, but like, uh, what about, so I, my favorite thing though is like philosophy. So let's, let's philosophize a little bit. You had mentioned, right. you know, getting a reward or getting an award yeah. and recognition and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. think about this though. Like what if you made something that was really, really great and you were really, really proud of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but no one really seen it or not many people saw it. Um, and yeah. compare that to maybe something uh, like a pop movie, maybe like a, I'm not too much into superhero movies or anything like that. Right. So maybe just like a mindless action superhero movie that won a bunch of rewards and and you know you know and and um, maybe took in a bunch of money that sort of thing. Right. You know, uh, comparing those two, what, what would what would be more important to you? Maybe like a really good film that you were proud of. A hundred percent. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. And that, you know, but the truth is no, nobody comes out to LA because you want to do something that nobody sees, right? Then you could keep doing off, off Broadway in New York. Um, so there is some like thirst for, for fame on some level and not like the gross Kardashian fame, but the kind of fame that like, then the good parts come to you, the Meryl Streep, the Kate Winslet, the Daniel Day Lewis, like that's what I wanted. Not, and you know, honestly, I was, I thought this was going to happen for me very quickly. And my big fear when I was first moving out here was that I was going to book a sitcom and get roped into doing a sitcom for seven years. And that would feel like death to me to just have to do like some dumb sitcom. So <laughs> I am with you. Like I, yeah. and, and, like, but you know, the other thing is, well, now we're in the middle of the strike and my husband's a writer. So they just had their hundredth day of strike uh, yesterday. And, you know, we had, a writer strike in 2007, 2008. And even though, you know, he's had quite a bit more success in the Hollywood realm than I have, we still are always just scraping by. We lost our house after the last strike, you know? So I think for me, the two have always been married that like, if I have a successful career, it my hope was that it was going to be, you know, it used to be like Merchant Ivory or, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but like uh, Miramax <laughs> movies that were, you know, um, high quality, but still seen by a lot of people. But that would also come with just a, a level. It doesn't have to be like enormous, but a level of financial security so that you're not always just tap dancing for the next job. Yeah. yeah. These are the type of issues I'm going to get into. And I do want to talk about, uh, more career stuff and what it's like to be in Hollywood Insider because again this is outside of my world that I'm used to. Of course, I watch movies and that kind of stuff, but in general, I would say I'm even a pop culture critic. So one of my favorite <laughs> um, philosophers, David Hume, uh, and I'll talk about fame a little bit here too. But I think he said uh, I, I, got, I got I wrote three down um, that there's uh, there's some like um, maybe vain human. Um, uh, I guess drives that we have that are innate that that drive us that everybody wants, and sometimes we right. have to suppress them. I think he also said something about uh, the um, the the intellect, or I said I guess he said reason is the slave to the passions. So you know we're we're, we're passionate human beings, right? We're, we're emotionally driven. But he had said something about fame, wealth, and power. You know, and I yeah. think all of those things I tried to suppress them. But I would say, like, okay, necessary illusions. Like, I'm trying to build a pod podcast and trying to get some ideas out there. I can't right. tell you that fame isn't important to me. I mean, it would be a, a lot easier for me to connect with people and get my ideas out there if I was famous, right? Right. As opposed to starting a, uh, a brand-new podcast and uh, maybe my cousin, my sister, and my grandma listen to it. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. You know? Yeah, so it's not about, like, I don't want to be famous like the Kardashians for being not, like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to call them nothing, but like I, I they're like, famous for being I, famous, right? I mean, are, are they? Yeah, are they, are they? You know, they're. they're I mean, famous and now, you yeah, know, yeah. That's for, that's not that. I have no right? interest in that at all. Yeah, I, I just would love to have a career trajectory with some security and and the ability to choose projects that are really interesting. You know. You um, can do that passion project, you know, if you, if you have a big yeah. blockbuster yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, 
uh, if you get into a franchise or a sitcom and, you know, you make yeah. some of those nice, uh, what, what's it called when they keep playing syndicated? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, they're like, si- yeah. yeah. I mean, they're trying to get rid of syndicated shows like entirely. friends and you keep cashing yeah. checks decades after your last taping. That would be nice. Yeah. Right. I'm sure everyone that moves to Hollywood would, would aspire. Yeah. To something like that, that would be really nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mentioned this a couple yeah. times. Let's get into the, uh, let's get into the, just about society and culture generally. So um, you said security and you had lost yeah. your house, you know, yeah. uh, student loan uh, forgiveness is a big passion of mine. I mean, I've pursued yep. my education. It's still in the balance. You know, the, the Democrats haven't done anything about it. I mean, in fact, Republican, you know, was in the White House Trump when they actually started the loan pause. And That's now right. they want to yeah. they want to end it, you know, and, and the interest yeah. supposedly is starting um, September 1st. It's ridiculous. Yep. While we spend another what, send another twelve or thirteen billion to Ukraine, so we can unbelievable. Um, yeah, we can chip away at our uh, political and uh, military enemy, Russia. Uh, you know, and I think yeah. the war is being fought over Ukrainian bodies. You know, we, we could care less about the people of Ukraine. Absolutely. This is a power play, right? It's a power play, and it's also a way to funnel money into the military-industrial complex, yeah. right? Because we're just yeah. I mean, it's disgusting, and it's the bodies of Ukrainian men and and women and children who are still stuck there that are being absolutely decimated for nothing. I mean, yeah, and, and maybe just the, for people's greed. And, and, is the, and maybe the country won't even be anything left, you know, after after two uh, superpowers fight their proxy war there. I mean, you know, we've yeah. pretty much turned Vietnam in the 70s into rubble and dust, and I believe even the decades that followed the unexploded landmines were still killing children and villagers, women. You absolutely. Know. Yep, um, sending cluster bombs over there was another reprehensible act by. And that's Biden. A, yeah. I, I really try not to follow too much. Um, try not to follow too much mainstream news because it's all the same. Cluster bombs? Is this? Is this? Uh, this is uh, tactical nuclear uh, weapons? Is that right? These, they're, they're trying to send nuclear weapons there. Well, that's the other possibility, but they haven't, that they haven't done. Cluster bombs? Yes, they are. And cluster bombs? Um, you know, they. I guess when they go off. They're little ones that shoot off from it, but they don't necessarily explode right away. So those are the little bombs that sort of embed in mud and fields. Nobody knows where they are until, and it often happens to be kids, just happen upon them and it blows them up. And yeah, that can be decades later. And the whole idea of bombing campaigns is they are indiscriminate by nature. So, you know, there's not a lot of accuracy uh, a lot of civilians and collateral damage. I should have also mentioned you're a Hollywood insider and artillery expert. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's on my resume also. Definitely yeah, artillery yeah. No, I'm expert. kidding. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. We're just joking here. I'm a consultant for the Pentagon. Yeah, Lockheed Martin, maybe? <laughs> yeah, sure. Inside. Everyone's getting a little kickback from Lockheed, right? Yeah. I think at yeah. one point I read that uh, the American taxpayer pays, uh, I don't know, I think a 3000 or $5,000 Lockheed Martin tax every year at one point. This is back in the two, early 2000s or late 90s, something like that. Yeah. So I, I can only imagine what it is today. What do they say? We're an oil company with a military. Yeah. That's the U.S. Yeah, I think so. that's, uh, that's pretty much it. So I want to get that's... back to This is the ty- type of stuff I typically discuss, which I like the, I like breaking it up with some fun topics. But let's go back to just society in general. Like, what about the arts in a capitalist society? You had mentioned losing your house and not having security and wanting to yeah. do, wanting to get a good a big project that was successful, you know, financially yeah. and uh, you know, career career wise. But what about the the dedication to arts in a capitalist society that doesn't appear to be much, right? I mean, you know, I mean, it's just gotten, artist, right? you, yeah. And it's just gotten worse and worse. You know, right now I would say the, the major 
independent company that is doing things that aren't just franchises or sequels or prequels is A24. They did um, everything, everywhere, all at once. And but and a bunch of other ones. And now I'm not going to be able to think of a single one, but they're sort of like the Miramax of the 2020s. You know, okay. they're doing really ambitious, sort of um, not cut and dry, not cookie cutter kinds of movies. They don't use IP. You know, that's the big thing here is IP. IP is something, you know, What's that intellectual, intellectual property. Oh, okay, so that's what I thought. What okay. they, yeah. yeah. And what they want is something that's already like tried and true. Also, somebody's already been paid for it. So they pay less to the the writer doesn't come up with the original idea because they're you're bringing the studio brings a writer the ip so it's just another way of cutting out the creative process even though the people who work on it the writers and the act like they still have to work really hard to make it good but the idea from the studios is to cut out as many what they think is like extra weight which are the creative people as possible And that's what I mean. That's what everyone's doing, though. In capitalist, you always yeah. have to wait to you know trim uh, yeah. and, and be more efficient, be more productive. Yeah, all yeah while, just in time. Yeah. Oh wow! You know, executive um, compensation is ballooning. You know, it's three hundred, yeah. sometimes a thousand times. You know, growth yeah. over the uh, over the last several decades. So obviously, the studio heads and executives of these companies they're not hurting. You know, but the people not at the at bottom, all. And, and they're always complaining about. Um, you know, having to, you know, get rid of some of these jobs. We can't afford these jobs. And right. no, one, no one mentions the fact that, you know, the people running these studios and these giant conglomerates like Disney yeah. and they own television networks and theme parks and all that kind of stuff. And I, re- I remember reading a class action lawsuit that, uh, you know, um, Disney workers were like going hungry and sleeping in their oh, cars. living in their cars. Yeah. yeah, living yeah. in their cars. Yeah, and same with Amazon workers. You know, they make these are multi-billion-dollar companies. They take yeah. billions of dollars of revenue each year, but they can't pay. They can't pay workers what fifteen bucks an hour, eighteen bucks an hour. I mean, I, I guess mean, even in Hollywood, you couldn't live off of that, right? No, you can't live in that. And I mean, even you know, uh, I don't know if you watch uh, Status Quo, but Jordan Sheridan has done some great work talking to Amazon workers. Eighteen dollars an hour in New York and they have to sleep in their cars because that's not yeah. a living wage in some cities. It's not a living wage in this city. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's disgusting. And you know, you, that is where our government is just in shambles and they, they are so, us. they don't, they no, work for they the studio don't. heads, you know, they work for the that's studio right. heads and they work for Bezos and yep. all the people that run these companies. They don't work for working class people. They don't work for the mm-hmm. writers. They don't work for the, um, what was the, what was the, was it the train? Who, remember when Biden said it was illegal for a group of people to strike? Was that, was that the. Yeah, the that was the railroad, railroad, railroad workers. Yeah. So they, yeah. they don't want that, the railroad workers. They're going to say yeah. it's illegal if you don't come to work. We're going to throw that's you right. in jail. And that's, that's, that's that shows you pretty bi- much who they work for. Exactly. Good billionaire Warren Buffett is, is <laughs> yeah, the head right. of one of those big. Yeah. 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 And I, I read something. Yeah. So, I mean, he is not young, he's in his 80s. Um, but with the financial deregulation, I heard something about um, he made something like 90 or 90 plus percent of his wealth uh, after the age of 70 or something like that. With yeah. He's basically ballooned in the last yeah. two or three decades as wealth, And that's all because of financial deregulation that started in the 80s, you know, before yep. I was even following politics. But it continues to get worse and worse. And I read an article um, the other day where there's like $21 trillion of unaccountable capital out there floating in these markets and offshoring Panama, Virgin Islands. Um, yeah. And then uh, 
What else did I read? Oh, yeah, the Pentagon. This was in um, earlier. This is actually, I think, 2022. I want to say that's the last uh, last I read. But they failed an audit their sixth in a oh, row. Oh, for years in a row. Right. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't yeah. account for uh, 61% of $3.5 trillion. I tweeted that right. maybe a month or two back. That's a lot of money, you know, but all, all the while, uh, minimum wage in this country is $7.25. Where is that going to get and your house? Raised under George W. Bush. We had wow. eight years of Obama. The, left, the last the, time it was the, raised the was under a Republican. George W. Bush, the radical leftist. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Eight years of Obama, and we didn't get a minimum right. wage increase. I don't even know if you mentioned it. After Disgusting. his hoping change stuff, he just kind of went into uh, business as usual. I, I, I before. He's one of the reasons that radicalized me. Uh, the I hope think, he changed his stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. We, we, gotta, yeah. we, got, we got someone in the White House that's going to fight for working people. But he that's fought right. for the bankers and bailed them out. And not yeah. too long afterwards, uh, you know, they started cashing his uh, six- and seven-figure bonuses again thanks to the U.S. taxpayers. That's right. That's right. Bailed out Wall Street and left Main Street to perish. Yeah. And we could have took over those banks, too. We could have publicly took them over, maybe uh, changed change them around, changed their structure. But in fact, we yeah. didn't. So maybe some faces changed, you know, the same class yeah. of people took over management, just different faces. Um, and they came out bigger and stronger than ever, even though you know, right. that was the rallying cry of Occupy Wall Street, too big to fail, you know, and they, yeah. they're bigger and stronger. Well, look how they were treated by, by Obama's police department, right? Occupy Wall Street. And I mean, yeah, yeah you think about he disbanded, uh, what was it, uh, Obama for, no, American, what was his, what was his grassroots called? I can't even remember, but like as soon as he got into office, just disbanded it and did away with all of that momentum. Yeah. I mean, I cried when he was elected. I was yeah. so excited. Yeah. I saw um, him speak live. He came to my, I don't talk too much about my personal history, but I, he came to my college and, and spoke oh, yeah. live. And I'm like, this is, this is going to be big. I got to go down and see this guy talk. And now yeah. I'm calling him a war criminal on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, major, major disappointment. And also, you know, so illustrative how he's spent the last, what, eight years, seven yeah. years, yeah. you know, Look at, and I'm not saying like Jimmy Carter was a great president, but look at his post presidency. Yeah, versus he, he got Obama. a lot more lucid. He, it looks like he was even more radicalized to the left. It's I mean, like building for, homes for people. Yeah, yeah. I would say out of Obama, all the yeah. presidents, yeah, I, I identify with him most. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think Obama he's done a lot of great out, stuff. Like, after yeah, office, Spotify lists and stuff. You know, even though Noam Chomsky would still call him a war, war criminal, I guess his track record as well was well, great. He would be right. Noam Chomsky would be right. But it, you <laughs> That's know. my guy. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think some of the stuff he did after uh, he got out of the White House, and I think you know, sometimes I mean, it, it's good to be critical of power, you know, and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. But even if I or you got into the White House, we, our hands would be pretty tied. I mean, we're we're only yeah. one cog in the entire right. system. Uh, right. Political parties, and you know, I think yeah. part of what the right want to do is to make Washington ungovernable and, and just the, be the party of no. So basically, any measure that um, I wanted to or you wanted to enact, they would do their best to uh, politically end it. You know, so there's, there's exactly. a limitation on what we could actually do. So sometimes I think it doesn't. It's not all that helpful to be extra critical of you know presidents yeah. and what they do because they're limited. They're just part of the machine, you know, the capitalist and the American yeah, machine. Yeah, although that's why you don't disband. What was it, Obama for change or whatever? And why you know you you keep that outside energy so you have an inside outside strategy so that you have to answer to those grassroots organizers and activists out there. They're your excuse to get things done. 
What you don't do is cut them off. And I'll tell you, unfortunately, I feel like Bernie Sanders did the same thing, you know, like use that energy. He had millions of people who were ready for a revolution. Yeah, I think he was saying he's going to be the organizer in chief at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know he's doing some good stuff. um, And I I know he's pushing through a bill for um, the 32-hour work week, which I'm positive it will get shut down. But I where's mean, this organizer in chief? I mean, he should be yeah. going, uh, you know, he's the face of the left, you know, the left in America, at least. And yeah. I remember reading some stuff that, yeah, if he was a, if he was a European or a German political candidate, he'd probably be with the centrist or the pro-business party. But in America, he looks like a left-wing like, radical. I know. It's so <laughs> sad. But, you know, that's only within the halls of Congress, because I think most people in this country are not as divided as they love to make a seem on right. corporate media. I really think, you know, when you talk about nationalized healthcare, single payer, if you talk about free public college or even free college, or if you talk about a living wage, I mean, that those are broadly popular ideas across the spectrum. So I, you know, I, I sort of reject that now because I have so many people say to me like, Oh, she's to the left of Bernie. It's like, yeah, Yeah. so is most of the world. Like this is insane what we are doing in this country. So yeah, most of the world in the U S is isolated. I read this stat um, on the last podcast I did, but uh, I think it was 2002. The United States is a pariah state, very isolated in the UN. A lot of times it's 156 to one or 160 to three. And all we pick up is Israel and maybe the Ukraine since we're buying them off, you know, yeah. or maybe yeah. some Pacific Island nation forgot to vote or something along those right, lines. Right. But I quoted this number, I think it was 176 to one. Uh, and there's been several votes uh, is, is, like, is yeah. human right. Um, yeah. 176 uh, nations of the world vote. Yes, of course. Of course it's a right. right. I mean, how could yeah. you live without food? Uh, the lone state to vote? No, the United States. And, um, yeah. and that same, we had talked about, I had, um, Cabral on. He's a, uh, a Twitter guy for sure and a uh, medical doctor, but um, family is from Cuba. Dad's from Cuba. So he was definitely an insider on the Cuban, um, uh, you know, the U.S.-Cuban relations and right. all the terrorism that we've, you know, shown this poor island nation and the colonialism. It's disgusting, uh, yeah. 71% of Americans want to normalize relations with Cuba. Um, yep. And yet, you know, we continue the illegal embargo. But that was one of the things yep. that U.S. has continued to be isolated against. Uh, every Almost every country in the world thinks it's illegal what we're doing to Cuba and want us yep. to normalize relations. But we run the world. We have the biggest military. We have the biggest stick. So we don't care. You know? It's really depressing. I mean, it's the one, you know, all of this that's happening is horrific in Ukraine. And of course, you know... I the, am not the Ukrainians afraid. are the victims. Some people on the yeah, left say, exactly. you know, Nazi this, Nazi that. If they are Nazis, doesn't mean, um, you know, that innocent civilians should be killed, you know, right. by bombing yeah. campaigns and whatnot. I, I, the thing about it, though, is like Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in Europe. You yes. can even look at newspaper, yeah. mainstream newspaper articles that highlight this prior yeah. to the war. But now we're supposed to rally around them like there's some beacon like of democracy. Like it's a democracy. Right, right. <laughs> well, they feel like he's banned opposition to political parties, yeah. banned the Russian language, banned, banned uh, uh, yeah, organizing no and striking. Yeah, yeah exactly. all that stuff. I mean, that's well, that's we, typical. Yeah, he's opening it up to sell it off to Wall Street. That's, that's right. what he's doing. That's yeah. exactly typical um, for any, um, you know, the, the ruling class small. always uses war and fear to uh, justify rollback of human rights. And that's just the textbook uh, textbook yep. way to do it. And, of course, he's doing it uh, again. I I, uh, yeah. I saw a funny meme um on Twitter, though, it was like, uh, 
it was like X, I think it was, um, who was it? Gaddafi, uh, Saddam Hussein, and Osama bin Laden, all supported by the CIA at one time, uh, saying, you know, all, all murdered by the United States, assassinated yeah. without a trial. And yeah. uh, they were they were all, you know, one of the silly heaven memes where they're reaching out saying, Zelensky, join us. You know, that's silly. You know what I mean? But He's got to be, be scared. Fate, right? Oh, yeah. I think there's no doubt. I mean, I, I even saw recently... Um, you know, we didn't cover it on our show uh, yesterday, but we are doing a war segment next week where I can't remember which it was a U.S. publication talking about, you know, the fear of uh, Zelensky being assassinated. And, you yeah. know, as soon as they start floating that stuff out, Uh-oh. they're like, you know, yeah. prepping the groundwork for yeah. they're going to take care of him the way they do everybody else. They're going to just when he's not. Yeah. Right, right now, Zelensky seems to be the face of the military-industrial complex. But um, yeah. once he's no longer useful to them, once he's no longer politically powerful or beneficial, yeah. they will cast him aside, and you know, maybe even even worse. You know, yeah, yeah. Did you see the Oppenheimer film? We talked a little bit in the pre-call. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I really want to. This yeah, just, it was really crowded here, yeah. and you know, I'm still no, very conscious. So we, yeah, yeah. We didn't go yeah. totally. I remember when we had our pre-call, you were telling your son or daughter to get, put a mask on and go to the gym, right? So uh, no doubt about it. Yes. I'm yeah. in healthcare, so we like that kind of stuff. Um, Just because yeah, they say it's over doesn't mean the pandemic's over. It doesn't mean COVID is never going to – doesn't mean, I mean COVID is no longer with us. You know, it's here for – it's probably here to stay. highest number of COVID positive rates right now since May 2021, and no one's talking about it. No one's it. talking about it. I want to go back to Hollywood a little bit here. Um, yeah. I wrote this number down. I think something like, I think I read something. I don't know if it was just people that work in Hollywood, like the average salary. So you want to talk about like extras and production assistants and all that kind of stuff and writers. But I have, um, I remember reading something today or earlier in preparation for our show, something along the lines of like $27,000 a year. I think maybe the average writer makes or something along those lines. Kind of like Hollywood. I mean, the gig economy with like, Uber and food delivery services. I mean, you're using your own car, your wear and tear, your own gas. You're not getting any long-term benefits, no health care, no retirement. That's that's kind of what extras and all these types of people in Hollywood were for the longest time. And it hasn't really changed much, has it? It hasn't changed. And in fact, it's now spread out to working actors. Like right now, you could be asked to be a series regular on a streaming show and make $250 a day and only shoot for you know, a handful of days and to get that part, you know, it's not like there, somebody we just ran into on the strike line uh, two days ago who had done a movie for my husband. She was just profiled as being one of these actresses who had six jobs last year. I don't know anybody except for major stars who have six jobs in a year. It is so hard to book a job. And she has, she has to have two other jobs to support herself because she doesn't make enough. 88% of working actors make under, or no, I shouldn't say 88% of SAG actors who are part of the union mm-hmm. make under $26,000 a year. Wow. I mean, $26,000 a year. You can't live on that in this no. city. No. So, um, what do you think? I mean, I'm big, uh, I'm a narco syndicalist and an anarchist. That's my political yeah. philosophy, but basically I want a society organized around democratic workplace. And I don't think there's any reason that Hollywood can't be a democratically organized workplace. What would you like to see in Hollywood to change it for the better? Obviously benefits and maybe revenue uh, sharing on these films and 
yeah. uh, you know, better, better compensation, better benefits. I mean, I think all American workers demand that. And that's part of what unions do. So what do you think, Absolutely. what would you do to, to kind of make Hollywood and make it a better place for actors and workers? And that's, you know, the, the people I mean, that are making less than 30 grand a year and trying to live on the that. monopolies need to be broken up. No, there, it should not be that what six corporations own everything basically. So the monopolies should be broken up. Um, and it, I don't think, yeah. So the studios, they also own the theaters and then they also own like networks. Like, uh, I mean, this, these are, um, yeah. Highly Some, sophisticated, right? Constructions here. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like uh, what vertical integration where they yes. Oh, that's, that's yeah. I, was, I was trying to get into from economics. Yeah. It's been a little while since I've formal <laughs> economics, but I, I like to read about it. Yeah, um, vertical yeah. integration, great word. Um, but you know, then they also own so right, like Apple, Amazon. They have production studios, right? But then they also sell other things. They have slave labor in China. They don't pay their you know warehouse workers or delivery drivers. Like, they're, they have their fingers in every part of the pot. And so they don't want any union strike to be successful because they know that that will have rippling effects throughout their whole workforce. I mean, I think break up all the monopolies. There is no reason to give Jeff Bezos a $10 billion contract through the government. You know, if Biden were actually a pro-labor uh, president, they say, a lot, a lot of, yeah, a lot of Democrats say they are, but of course they're. That's yeah, right, don't that's you don't then action. you don't give a union buster a ten billion dollar contract, yeah. right? Like and you, at the same you, time, uh, Bezos, I saw he was fined for um, OSHA violations fifteen thousand dollars. You think that's going to hurt his checkbook? I mean, that's a joke. Fifteen grand. See, it was less than that. Kid, it was like fourteen nine seven or something. It's disgusting. A kid just lost his hand in a, I think a meat, meat grinder. Fact grinder. Yeah. They, I think they fined the company twelve hundred dollars or something. Yeah. So Incredible. you know, it's just disgusting. Yeah. So that's the free market, baby. That's the free but, market. But it's not free. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I know you're I'll joking. I know, but like, yeah, it's just so sarcastic. disgusting, right? Like, yeah. the government is constantly stepping in to help big businesses, and they do nothing for us. So nothing yeah, I mean, I would take healthcare off the table entirely and we should have Medicare for all because that becomes a bargaining chip for union bureaucracy, which is why a lot of them are against Medicare for all. Right. Mm, yeah. the, the rank and file want that. Yeah. The unions aren't perfect. I mean, the unions are better than having no protection against uh, yes. corporations, but there's a lot of problems with unions too. That's yeah. why I support, uh, ver- or I'm sorry, not vertical. Now I'm going back to economics. That's why I support taking over the means of productions. Those who work in the factories Absolutely. ought to yes. own them. That's an yep. old socialist fighting call of from, course. you know, the 19th century. Now we're talking about 1800s, Absolutely. Uh, you know, factory yeah. girls and stuff like that. You know, yeah. this, is, this is going way well, back. And also, I think United Artists, if I'm not mistaken, United Artists was a sort of socialist band of big stars at the time who, who created their own movie studio. And then, of course, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, success goes to people's head. And I don't know how it ended up that it became, you know, swallowed by whatever big studio. But it started off more as a co-op of actors and writers and directors. So, you know, with United Artists, it was a production and distribution company founded in 1919. Yes, I'm reading from Wikipedia. Uh, It was D.W. Griffith, Charlie Chaplin, Mary Pickford, and Douglas Fairbanks. And they started out making uh, the studio where the actors and creative people would be able to control their their own interests instead of being dependent on commercial studios. But, you know, I think what always... it's not, it doesn't always happen, but I think it's something to keep in mind a bit is that, you know, people 
uh, are different and they have vying interests sometimes. And even if they start with the best of intentions, you know, eventually it got bought up by MGM. So I don't know how the whole like, yeah, but, but yes, I think there is a way to do that. You know, there always is some sort of structure of hierarchy and power. There's no way not to be, especially, I mean, on a set, it's the director and it has to be, you can't have 150 people all getting an equal say. That's just, it's impossible. You wouldn't get anything done. Right. But that doesn't mean that there has to be like a cult of power where that person gets to be an asshole and demean people or not pay them what they're due or not spread the wealth when it comes to, you know, uh, profits. Um, so there are ways to deal with that, but I do think, you know, at least there's just no way to do it without there being some kind of hierarchy. It has, there has to be. So I do believe a classless society is possible. I definitely think that distribution of labor is something that sometimes is beneficial. Uh, I've, yes. I've thought about this though, that like, let's say we all clean up after ourselves. I don't think there would need to be a janitor, someone that just only cleans up garbage, you know? Right. And I think, right. uh, sure, we could have a director, um, but that director could also be an actor too, you know? Yep. And then he had mentioned um, co-ops. Uh, I really like Mondragon. So they have like um, ratios so that like the highest paid worker can only make like somewhere between like three and nine times. It's around five times average. Uh, the lo- I love The that. lowest paid uh, yeah. worker. So, I mean, yeah, yeah the, the director and the studio heads don't need to make millions while an actor makes no. $250 a day, you know? Absolutely not. No, that's ridiculous. I do think a classless society is possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know in terms of like the distribution of labor, that's typically how, you know, so for example, like a corporation, uh, at the top of the hierarchy, the CEO, the board of directors, all that stuff, they make all the money. Um, but I think like if, if in terms of the management of the company and the organization of the company, I like things that are democratically organized and I think workers should have a say. I also believe in terms of, uh, of the government. I want rural working class representation. So this is what absolutely. I would be. So like, yeah. there's always like um, for the Supreme Court, for example, which is seems like it's bought and paid for. I just shared an article, another article about uh, Clarence Thomas's luxury tr- uh, trips and oh my God. Uh, gifts yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. But so, for example, when Biden was putting up uh, his candidate, I don't know the woman's Katanji Brown. Um, yeah. What I was pushing for, Brown, yeah. I mean, okay, great. We have, I mean, that's kind of identity politics, a, a black female. Wonderful. Okay, right. I'm all for it. But right. how about a black female or how about, um, you know, whatever gender and whatever race or whatever you want to, whatever religious right. background, I don't care. How about a public defender? Someone that yeah. was getting paid, yeah. uh, working for, you know, cities, uh, working for people that um, can't, couldn't pay a high-priced exactly. lawyer. Yep. So, exactly. I mean, I could care less about the gender. A lot of stuff I from agree. the was attacking her uh, about, oh, she went to, I think it was Yale, right? Something like that. Oh, she went right. to Yale, but she didn't She didn't graduate in the top 10 of her class or the top five. Right. Who cares? I don't care yeah. where she went yeah. to school or what, yeah. where she graduated. Like, what's her record? What's she going to yeah. do when she gets in there? Is she going to fight yeah. for working people or is she going to be no, another elitist? she's not. You know, she's going to be another like, elitist. I, I've, they're I've all seen, corporatists. Of course yeah, they are. Of course all, they are. Yeah. And I've seen she she even voted um, and outflanked the Republicans and went with them on, on a number of different votes. So, yeah, of course she's, you know, yeah. I mean. So depressing. I yeah. know. Yeah. But that's how the whole system is stacked, exactly right? Exactly like, right. 
Yeah. What, I, what I want is real working class representation in in government. So I, I've looked up uh, other governments in like different countries, like Germany, for example. There's like I think less than like I want to say less than twenty percent are lawyers, something like that. You get right. school teachers, scientists. Yeah. Angela, or I don't know how to say it. Angela Merkel, Merkel. I think she was a yeah. PhD biochemist. Scientist. Yeah. 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 Scientist. Um, yeah. why do I have to have 99% of, 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 of Washington be lawyers and, and probably yeah. corporate lawyers at that, exactly. you know, uh, yeah. why do we have school teachers and scientists and right. bus drivers and janitors, right. everyone, you know, like all because of money. Yeah. That's, that's why I think all that money. I really do think that a classless society is possible. And instead of yeah. having government, I'm, I'm big on, philo- I'm, I love philosophy. I like to philosophize. So like, how could society be better? We talked about a little bit, right. how could Hollywood be better? I think society could be better if we were organized around local communities. We didn't have full-time politicians. It requires something like, I think $7 billion to run for president in this country. Yeah, how about I- we have government divided up amongst local people in the community and maybe, okay, this year I'll go to Washington or wherever we're going to vote, right. you know, to, to stick up for our community and fight for what right. we deserve here. And then next yeah. year you go do it, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're in LA and um, I'm down here in Texas, you know, All so right. it'd be different people. But I think, you know, yeah. around the local community, um, yeah. we could have every year, you, you, you know, you, you do your job and then maybe for a month you go and vote on stuff in Washington and then you come yeah. back and you're part of the local community. You know, you're not, uh supposed to campaign and have dinners with lobbyists. Yeah. I mean, what, what, do, what do politicians do uh, 360 some days a year? You know, I, I mean, well, how many meanwhile, days don't, I think they work like 174 days of work something right? like or it's something like many. that. It's like, yeah, no, they're, they're off on vacation now. Like the world is falling apart and they're leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you entirely, but of course, how are we going to change that? Because they're never going to change it themselves. They're all entrenched right. in that power. They love it, right? So right. it has to be from the outside. Well, okay. You brought up that as well. And I think there's two things for revolution. I think there has to be change inside and outside the system. We're both doing podcasts. We're both – we're not on CNN right now. We're not on yeah. Fox News. We're not even on Netflix. You know, We're doing independent <laughs> leftist media. Yeah podcast you have your own podcast i have my own so we're trying to change opinions outside the system but inside the system you know if we ever get in positions of power if you ever make a big hollywood hit perhaps you could work in some working class things that would be changing you know inside the system or even more so in terms of electoral uh politics you know having working class representation maybe you run for office or you support one of your neighbors or friends that runs for office that has you know the same kind of values you do, and if they ever, you know, make it into local government, maybe eventually state government, and maybe you know, as far uh, unlikely as it might be to Washington, that's changing it inside the system. Yeah. and I think we need a little bit of both. We can't just do it all outside the system, although the system is a hundred percent. No, you have. To, I I totally agree with you. I mean, when people say they're done with politics i really get it because i the, kind the of right like loves that, that. every every yeah. leftist that says i'm done yeah. with politics the right it's is like, like yes yeah. this is another yeah. easy victory for us exactly and i agree like you're not i don't think we're going to change things on the national level right away what you do is you start small which is again what the right has done right they do school board committees they do you know and you, you get in it. you are that sharp way. you are really i mean all the seriously i've been reading this stuff and this seems like it comes natural for you. You know how the system uh, works. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's very kind of you. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think that, that like, 
in the end, the outside activism is hoping to change the structure of the inside, like, right, that, that, that already exists. You're hoping to force them to create different laws, to create a nationalized healthcare system, right? Like, those are the things we are hoping to, th- 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 they're our target when we are working as activists from the outside, but we want the people on the inside to make those changes. And, and people had problems with uh, Obamacare, and a lot of a lot of the people on the right were like, "See, you know, they don't like Obamacare. America isn't ready for universal health care or single payer." No, we were upset because it didn't go far enough. It was a yeah. watered down corporate, you know, giveaway essentially. It was, a, it was a heritage foundation plan. I mean, that was Romney Care basically, right? right? That right. was his. Yeah, yeah, and and premiums have only gone up. Healthcare costs have only gone up. It was an enormous transfer of wealth to yes. the health insurance industry. I mean, it was. It's vile what he's done. And again, I know we just talked about it, but like to see what his post-presidency life has been like, yeah. you know, he he like leaves his money cave, what, three times right. to shut right. down the Bernie movement, right. to stop the b- basketball players from striking after George Floyd was killed, and to release his stupid Spotify list. I mean, he's just... Yeah disgusting yeah not a fan not a fan but yeah he goes and he does these like probably big money corporate events and lobbyist events and you know netflix documentary yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. don't make me throw up in my mouth yeah i know uh, why um, i drink so much every night (laughs) but um yeah so i actually seriously had nightmares about him for two years after bernie dropped out yeah i was so upset i could and i just i would see his face in my dreams i was like it was horrible so part of, part of what radicalized me, and maybe we can talk about your political history and what radicalized you, but I mentioned it a little bit, like Bernie Sanders, someone on the inside of the system. I was probably like, uh, you know, a slightly left-leaning independent. I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm not all on the Democratic, Democrat agenda. I'm not much on the Republican agenda. I'm in the right. middle. I can make my own decisions. Right. But then you realize that. You're only shown by the mainstream media a very slim, you know, options between the two parties, and they're really right. all that not, not much, all that much different. You have to actually yeah. go and like research gay rights, and, yeah, and, and abortion rights. Yeah, right. that's what it boils down to. Really, Republicans are like, like no, yeah. we hate gay people, yeah. we hate black people, and women should just right. be childbearers, and they should do right. nothing else. You know, like yeah, how, who could possibly be? And, and that's yeah. kind of what I see. With the Republican Party, they try to steal elections by pretending to be religious and talk about abortion. And, you know, obviously they've shown us that they don't care who's the candidate. They will vote for him. I mean, I don't think a human being could be any more reprehensible than Donnie, Donnie Trump, you know. Uh, I do think that he's at least a little bit more entertaining than Biden. I mean, I don't think that there's – I don't think the president has all that much power. I think the administration – uh, is, right. is doing the things behind the scenes, especially someone that's so obviously cognitive, uh, demonstrating cognitive decline, oh like God. Biden is. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think Trump the same thing. I mean, do you really think Trump was making these policies? He would just show yeah. up, sign his name on the bill. So if that's yeah. all the president's going to be is a, yeah. you know, like a uh, face of the like a figurehead. Give me Donnie in there. At least yeah. he's hilarious. You know what I mean? I mean, I, mean, but, no, obviously, I despise them both for I do. reasons. Yeah, yeah I really but, do. He, yeah. So. Well, the thing that got Donnie in the White House, I, I call you because these are people like some people like yeah. th- th- raise them to divine status. These are people, very yeah. flawed people. What Donnie was able to do, though, was um, ride working class Americans into the White House. These are yeah. working class Americans, probably in the Midwest and 
um, the Rust Belt, yeah. where, where I'm Absolutely. from originally, disgruntled yep. workers that are angry and they, you know, they like the rhetoric about Donnie and whatever scapegoating. Oh, the Mexicans took your jobs or right. this, that, or the other right. thing, scapegoating a group of people. And Clinton sent them off because of NAFTA, right? Like, yeah. I mean, NAFTA was yeah. horrible. NAFTA was horrible. absolutely horrible. Yep. Um, Iraq it, war. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, they, they, he rode the, the backs of disgruntled workers, Donald Trump, in, into the White House. And yep. then when he got in there, his policies kicked them in the face. I mean, he tax cuts for the yep. rich and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, nothing for working class people other than maybe some rhetoric, some populist rhetoric. But right. people are confused, you know. And the yep. problem is Democrats aren't much better. And, of course, they left the working class Americans decades ago. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even give voice to the anger. I mean, for, for Biden right now to be running on Bidenomics is when 70 percent of the country says that they are food insecure, housing insecure, can't afford car payments are don't have four hundred dollars for an emergency. Yeah. And now we're about to start student debt payments. Back Which is over, something like uh, the average payments can be over five hundred dollars. So yeah. I mean, the, the vice president, Kamala Harris, came out and said, oh, you know, most uh, what more than half Americans or 60 percent of Americans can't afford a uh, four hundred dollar bill. It's going to set them behind. Oh, meanwhile, we're going to go ahead and start up the student loans, which is going to be about five hundred dollar bill. Monthly. Yeah. Monthly. Yeah. 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 Incredible. No. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I mean, at least Donald I, I don't want to be apathetic. Yeah. I want to I want to be hopeful. I don't think we can abandon electoral politics. But yeah. the way that Chomsky says it is, you know, there's a there's a, a quadrennial extravaganza. You know, it's a, it's just right. a circus. Um, yeah. It should take you all of five minutes to vote or to pick out who it, you want to vote for. Yeah. You don't vote for candidates. You're going to get one of two bad choices. You vote yeah. against the, the worst candidate, you know, and if yeah. you want to vote third party, that's fine, too. If you're yeah. if you're in California, it's a safe state. Uh, you can go ahead and vote for third party if that makes you feel good. I don't think it's yeah. going to make much difference. Yeah. I'm not a big believer in third parties because I think if they had the power, prestige, and funding, they would just – the Greens or whoever would just be another corporate party. Uh, I would prefer, you know, Cornell West over, you know, Trump or right. Biden for sure. But yeah. um, I think that's likely. I mean, there would have to be a massive consciousness change in America. Uh, they get Third party gets a tiny sliver of the vote. Uh, I know a lot of leftists say, you know, vote third party, this, that, and the other thing. That's fine. But if you're in a swing state and you vote third party, you might as well just vote Republican. Uh, and, and in yeah. fact, I'm all for ranked choice voting. I'm, I'm all for popular, yeah. popular vote. But of course, Democrats are against that also. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. So you got to pick between Trump and Biden. And you got if you're in a swing state, you got to vote for the least bad candidate. You got to vote against Trump, probably. You know, not that I think Biden yeah. is great. Um, and if you're yeah. in a, if you're in a left state, if you're in a safe state like California or Massachusetts, and you want to vote third yeah. party, great. If, if I'm in I'm in Texas, if I don't vote, it's not going to make either difference. It's not going to make yeah. any difference. So I guess I don't know about that anymore. I used to feel that way. I mean, I was a vote blue no matter who up until yeah. I even. I mean, I can't believe it, but I did vote for Hillary in 2016. I mean, I was Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. But then in the end, I, I was vote like, that yeah. election. Now, it doesn't matter if you vote or not. I mean, half the country doesn't yeah. think it's worth their time. But, so if you um, didn't vote. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even vote in that election. Yeah. I didn't think it was worth my time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did because I couldn't imagine having Trump there and listening to his horrendous voice every day. But um, then in 2020, I wrote in, I wrote in Bernie. I just couldn't. And I guess, you know, I do have the luxury of being in a left state, but yeah. um, or left, I mean, Democrat, whatever. But, uh, but I wonder, I actually would not advise somebody in a swing state at this point to vote 
for the lesser evil anymore because I feel like we've been doing that for 40 years and it's gotten us to the furthest right democratic president of my lifetime. And they can say, oh, FDR, all they want. He yeah. is no different to me than George W. Bush. And I will. He's farther I mean, to the right than Nixon. Uh, I mean, I think Chomsky yeah. wrote about this a lot too. He, he also yeah. recommended you vote for Biden. But looking back at it, yeah, yeah Biden is farther uh, he, right than yeah. uh, Eisenhower. I mean, there's no different. What's the difference between him and George W. Bush? Not a single thing. Not a I, single thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's some differences. Very, very yeah. slight. Um, I, I still one. think that- I want to hear one. Give me one. Oh, you're right. He wrote the crime bill. George yeah. W. Bush did not write the crime yeah, bill. Me on the so spot. he's worse. I really don't want to be arguing for Biden. I really don't want to be arguing yeah. no, for the Democrats. So I just feel I, like I, I maybe it's time not, to make Democrats realize how much they need the left. They, they absolutely they lose, need the left. Maybe maybe they'll understand that. Their their strategy has been to try to get um, right leaning suburbanites. To, yeah, Romney yeah. Republicans. Right, they want to. That's For exactly. For every working their, class their person we lose, we're going to get two Romney Republicans. That so was, I, I will Schumer? say that I, I rather have Democratic justices in the Supreme Court. Not that, uh, not that uh, you know, Republicans are all that great. But I mean, if if you're passionate about abortion rights, right. I guess it'd probably be better to have some Democrat you know judges in yeah. there. I think that the the differences are so slight. They're I don't so want. I don't. To be up here arguing because again, I'm an anarchist. I hate all political yeah, parties. Yeah. I hate yeah, all yeah. systems of government. Yeah. I've never read about a system of government. I don't like the, the government in China. I don't like the yeah. government in the Soviet Union. I don't like right. the government in Cuba, and I definitely right. don't like the government in the United States. You know, but the yeah. government in the yeah. United States is the only government that I have say over as a citizen. That right? I can yeah. So I try exactly. to tailor my critiques to the government yeah. that I can possibly change. But yeah, I'm an 100%. outsider. I'm not a yeah. billionaire. I'm not even a millionaire. So uh, <laughs> what Princeton yeah. says is my vote doesn't matter. 70 or yeah. 70 or 80% yeah. of the country, their vote doesn't matter. You know, and as you and that was nine years scale, ago. Nine yeah, years ago. That study came out and yeah. it's only Way gotten worse. worse. Way worse. But I don't think, I don't think voting or I don't think apathy is going to make it better. If right. voting for third candidate uh, on the local level, and they actually get positions of power. I think that that's great, but I think my problem with third parties are they can they continue to focus on the presidential election, and that's like you know that's like uh, learning to walk and then trying to um, you know try to compete in the Olympics. I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah, although although in the last couple of years there are more local Green Party wins. I'm all for that. That's what we need. Yeah, we need, right? we need local. Yeah. We need state representation. We need yeah. we need congressmen. You know, we need yeah. representatives, uh, congressmen yeah. and women. We need representatives yeah. in both houses. Uh, yeah. And, and whether they, they say they yeah. are Greens or whether they say they're radical or left-leaning Democrats. DSA you know, or whatever. Yeah. Republicans, you know. Yeah. Anything yeah. but Republicans is, is my thought. I, do de- I yeah. definitely don't con- never considered myself a conservative. And I don't think that they're um, – I don't think they are conservative. I think they are pretending to be um, religious to pick up the vote. And they're essentially pro-business – um, yeah. deregulate exactly. everything, yeah. but let's build up the military. Like they're, they're trying to act like they're anti-government, but they yeah. want to, they want to, they want a huge military. The military industrial complex yep. always and must cops. grow. Uh, tons yeah, of cops, cops tons of jails. Yeah. They, they want to act like anti-government. That's literally That's, what government's yeah. function is, you know, cops <laughs> yeah. and military and jails. Yeah. So they're not, they're, yeah. they're only anti-government as it relates to social security, right. Medicare, business programs. regulations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I, 
This is the two-party system. There's not slight differences. I don't want to get on a loudspeaker and say, yeah. you got to vote for Biden. If you don't think it's worthwhile to vote for Biden yeah. or a Democrat, I, I can't yeah. really strongly yeah. argue against yeah. you. Um, but I, until I see polling that says, you know, the the Cornell West, Biden, and Trump are equally, who's it going to be? Yeah. It's up in the air. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, now we're yeah. there. Now yeah, we're yeah, there. Yeah. Now it's yeah. both third party, everybody. But the polling yeah. is not that. You know what yeah, I mean? So, it's not that yet. And who knows? Maybe it won't be. And obviously, corporate media is doing their best to bring him down. You know, oh, he owes $500,000 right. in back taxes. And I'm yeah. sure they're going to find other things to bring up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so and here's the other thing, too. Like, I don't really care that much. Like, I did, you know, kind of smear Trump a little bit, and I talked about, you know, Biden a little bit, you know, being not cognitively there. It's not about these individuals. It's about the system in place. So I I think we're doing ourselves a a big disservice, um, and the media does this all the time, all the time, where they try to attack someone, their character flaws, like Trump, like his character flaws and his sexual or his sexual exploits and his infidelity, all that kind of stuff. Okay, I don't really care though that yeah. much. I mean, he's not yeah. a good person. That's clear. I mean, yeah. if you didn't, yeah. if you weren't sure about <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trump as a person, yeah, from the eighties, we've known that. Years. Yeah, yeah. I'm less worried about that and more worried about what's his tax policy, yeah. what's his foreign yeah. policy, exactly. what's his, what's his, uh, yeah. strategy with you know foreign wars. You know, yeah. uh, what's his environmental policy? He uh, he was right. another thing. At least, okay. There's another slight difference that I want to get to. The Democrats, at least the rhetoric. Is you know oh we're gonna do something about climate change? Although Biden is actually uh, what gave him the green light for more drilling permits than the Trump administration. Yep. So yep, actually maybe so you're right. You know, maybe he's I mean, that's the Trump thing. Is, uh, yeah, I mean I do feel like on some level when Democrats are in power it puts liberals to sleep. And at least when Trump was in power, as disgusting as he was, 100%. we talked about 100%. COVID. We talked about the death tolls. We talked yeah. about asymptomatic spread. We talked about his drilling permits. Yeah. We talked about all those things. And then Biden comes in and all of a sudden, oh, how about deportations? What's happening yeah. at the border? Obama was all the porter in chief. He was yes. the number one. He had the number one ranking. He was also, uh, his administration also um, 80% prosecuted more whistleblowers. That's right. He was pre- all, pro- the Obama other, mis- okay. all the other combined. All yeah. the other combined. He's and he's supposed to be this more. constitutional law scholar. And yeah, give me a break. And and obviously Julian Assange, you know, he showed us that uh, the truth is not a proper defense. You know, even yeah. if you're telling the truth, they're still going to go after you. Yep. I mean, the people he exposed, their war crimes, they have all been promoted and he's rotting yeah. in jail. It's so disgusting. That's what he said, too. Like, I, I think that... Um, People should have privacy. We shouldn't have our personal lives uh, surveyed by the NSA or FBI or CIA if you're not an American citizen. Um, and you shouldn't have your data sold um, from these, yeah. you know, probably, you know, the, the service, the platform we're on that I won't say. You know, they probably, <laughs> probably got our information that they're making money yeah, on. Yeah, it, yeah. Right? They're doing all, AI. Yeah, sure. All that stuff. Yeah. So the corporate state nexus and all that yeah. stuff, the, the privacy, we don't have it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's long gone. And, yeah. and we've known it yeah. for a long time. I read a quote, yeah. something about... Um, uh, this was like a this is like an insider for you know a, a, I don't like to say deep state because that's like a conspiracy theory thing but you know he worked for I forget one of the agencies on intelligence yeah. and that kind of stuff yeah and he said what whatever the worst thing you could think about surveillance technology we we're already like probably five years ahead of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean seriously lines. 
It was just you know, like, I, oh, this is bad. It's, you know? it's horrifying to but know. Assange said happened. that you know people should have privacy, which we we know that's gone. You know, at one yeah. point maybe yeah. before the internet internet age, you know, when we yeah. just opened up corporations and the internet to just exploit whatever data they yeah. wanted to. Um, but yeah, people should have privacy, and government should have transparency. And I totally believe Absolutely. in that. Absolutely. Why do yeah. we need all these? So okay, here's one thing that I didn't care that much about. Um, the the Trump the uh, documents. classified documents. Why, why do we have boxes of classified documents? Why yeah. why is it thirty years um, for these documents to come out? And if we're lucky, if we're lucky, the yeah. the, the classified record opens up about thirty years in advance. I remember yeah. when George W. Bush. You're trying to get differences here. When the George W. Bush administration was in office, they tried to block as many of those classified documents oh, as possible. Yeah. I'm sure Clinton was a little bit more lenient, you know, on that kind of stuff. I don't know, though. I'm just kind of making yeah. an accusation. I, I don't think know. they're all, yeah, they're all, in the, the end, because even so Trump slight. was like, oh, we want to see who killed JFK. We're going to open up right. that. And then yeah. he pulled back from that. Because yeah. the truth is, if they exposed something that was 40, 50 years ago, it's a reflection of where they are right now, right? right? right. It, it's it's illustrative of exactly how they're still operating. So they can't even let us see something from four decades ago, five decades ago. But I, I'm an anarchist. I like to ruffle people's feathers. I like to ruffle yeah. Republicans. I, I like to yeah. ruffle. I call, actually consider myself a classical conservative. I would say a classical conservative or even a classical liberal because I take yeah. human rights seriously. I take yeah. freedom seriously. I take yeah. uh, equality and justice seriously i take liberty seriously so i would consider yeah. myself classical you know conservative whatever the republicans are it's not conservative i mean it's pro-business class war yeah. military police that's not conservatism yeah. what, what conservatism yeah. is that um yeah and, and, the, and the and the whatever liberals you know try to whatever they, the democrats say they're liberal or, or whatever um they're they're for a massive state Therefore, the military industrial complex that continues to grow without any any um limitation um, that's not liberal. I mean, that's not, no. if, if you want to go back to Jean-Jacques, I'm a philosopher. If you want to go back to like Jean-Jacques Rousseau and Wilhelm von Humboldt and some of, uh, even like John Locke, um, who was yeah. actually, he said a lot of things about, um, equality and justice and liberty when his day job was actually writing the constitution, um, for the United States. And I think North Carolina, where he, uh, made slavery legal. So these guys, you know, even though they were talking about freedom and justice yeah. back in the Enlightenment, yeah. uh, their day job do, was do as I say, to, not yeah. as I do. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, uh, what is it? Whatever. Like, um, yeah. you know, uh, rights or whatever for me, but not for thee. You know, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, exactly. we know that though in, yeah. in the United States. I mean, yeah. uh, there, there's a different group. There's a different law, and there's a different legal system for the rich and powerful than the one 100%. for everyone else. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I just wanted to go back for a second because while I totally agree that for the most part, whoever's in office is just like a figurehead for the structure that exists that needs to be smashed to the ground. Yeah. There, you know, there are things. There was a great, um, the American Prospect, David Dayan was doing this ongoing running commentary on what, because you know, we were all coming off of Bernie and the excitement of that and the thing, you know, no middle ground and what we need here obviously none of that's been talked about in three years, which is no. horrific. Um, but like the things that Biden could do day one by executive action. And yeah. there was a list of like 90. He doesn't want to do them though. It's not right. like he, he, he says but, it, but he doesn't right. want to but do But what it. I'm saying is he does have that power sure. and he could, if he wanted to, yes. right? So like a different person in there could have given us all Medicare for all in a global pandemic, could have canceled student debt, 
could have stopped giving drilling permits and destroying our globe while he gives, you know, talking. Yeah, I agree. But I think how the Supreme Court is and it's a right leaning Supreme Court for the next generation. And they're going to have well funded lawsuits by the millionaires that pay off people like Clarence Thomas and run the campaigns of Republicans and probably run the campaigns of many Democrats, too. Um, You know that they're going to go and and, and try to take him in. Take him to court for whatever, you know? They will. But you know what? If he did that, and if people got a taste of what the rest of the developed world has, I think it'd be much harder to pull it back. So I had um, the uh, host of Political Fight Club, um, Robert Durden. uh, Okay. So he, he was saying the same thing. Like, if people got a taste of... Medicare for all, even if it was just for the pandemic, and then they tried to take it away, there would be riots in the streets. I think so. And I want to go back to what you were saying about Trump. I agree with you. There was an old Communist Party adage I remember uh, Chomsky talking about because he was no friend of the Soviet Union, as I am not either. Again, anarchist. I don't like any political party. I don't like any system of government. I'd say democracy is the best. We don't have a functioning democracy. Don't take my word for it. Check out Princeton. They are... They are the establishment. They make the rules. People that come out of those types of schools, like Columbia. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, No, but seriously. You know me. I'm part of the ruling class. (laughs) But, um, you know, there's an old Communist Party adage that the worst candidate is the best. So vote for the worst possible candidate because we know there's going to be some civil unrest. We know there's going to be some, uh, you know, protests and that sort of thing. So that's kind of playing with fire a little bit. Acceleration, yeah, like acceleration theory or something. But I mean, that's kind of like you were saying, though. I mean, people were a lot more likely to hit the streets when Trump was in office, and now everyone's just kind of sleepwalking, like you know, defund the police or Black Lives Matter disappeared. Me Too movement disappeared. Uh, well, I mean, Medicare for all. Of course. I remember Biden came out and said, "He, I, I did a podcast on this. He said, we don't want to defund the police. We want to fund them, fund yeah. them, fund them. <laughs> I, I, the direct quote has... I read that I said in the podcast. He, he yeah. is the, uh, what is it? He's the architect of the crime bill that disproportionately yep. locked up uh, black people. And, I mean, um, has destroyed generations of black and brown families. Yes, yes. It's, I mean, he is... He has done so much more damage than Trump could have ever hoped to in his 40 years. Well, what in I, I, the, the stuff that this guy gets away with, too, um, that they won't let Trump get away with. Not not that the media is left-leaning at all. It's a centrist media. They just seem to prefer, just I guess, corporate. the Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, corporate media, I guess, because they like the rhetoric a little bit better. But what did Biden say on the campaign trial? If, if, you, ain't, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. You ain't black. Imagine <laughs> saying that. Trump tried to say that. What if Trump said that? He'd get lame basted, right? But he sort of did, right? He He said something like, you know, what why what do you got to lose, black people? Vote for (laughs) me. What do you got to lose? And by the way, he has gained more black people, Latinos, uh white people. I mean he he has gotten I think more black people voted for Trump than any Republican in like 60 years. I mean, he, he liked, he said a lot of populist rhetoric and people that were disgruntled and misdirected yeah. anger. They liked what he was selling uh, and they didn't yeah. like, and you can't look at, yeah. Democrat and Biden, I mean, Biden what's he selling? I'm not Trump. more of their lives. Yeah. What, what's Biden selling? I'm not Trump. Is there, was exactly. there anything else? And I like ice cream. Was there yeah. anything and, else? <laughs> and I'm the author of the crime bill that destroyed yeah. your communities. Like yeah. why would anybody want to vote for that? 
Let's get back to Hollywood a little bit. We, we've been doing... <laughs> uh, I do want to say Lila Charles Lee, right? So yeah. there's a lot of people and actresses with stage names and that sort of thing. That's a pretty cool name. Is that even your real name? It is not my true name. Really? It's not. I made it up. No, um, for real? Yeah. I mean, Lila's awesome. my real first name. Charles is my dad's middle name, yeah. and Lee is my mom's middle uh, my mom's middle name. So I, I took both it. of their middle names. I, yeah. That's such it's, a cool name. That's such a cool thank name. Thank so you. So everyone in Hollywood does this. Everyone just makes up a fake name. Not if I'm they come with a good name. I'm MC Squared, I guess. I mean, I'm not. In, that's I'm not. You weren't born now. with that name, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Squared. <laughs> Um, not my parents, Mr. and Mrs. Squared, yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, I mean, not everybody, but, you know, I came, I'm Jewish, and I came, and I had a last name that, you know, that was a time. I mean, I think there's a lot more room now. You know, it's so sad that the streaming has gone the way that it has, because at the beginning, Netflix gave a lot of license to their creative people and let them kind of go off and make really some great shows that were unusual. They weren't, like, formulaic, you know, and I think there's been, there's so many different kinds of people, different body types, different gender, different every, like there has been a real outgrowth of something. I think it's so exciting. And, but then of course, because it's capitalism, you know, then all of that labor is just stolen and then they don't get a re they, their shows aren't re up because they'd have to be paid too much money. So then they'll get the boot. But um, when I first got here, you know, if everything was like Sandra Bullock and Winona Ryder and you had to be sort of like the girl next door and to have like, a, I mean, a Jewish face. And I had like big curly Jewish hair and, you know, and I was like, I'm going to be the only one out here like that, but I have to change my name and fit in. So yeah. um, Netflix is mainstream media now though, aren't they? I mean, were they, were they, they always certainly are? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, they are now, but you know, um, Wait, was it Netflix or Amazon that did um, Transparent? They did, uh, I, I mean, now I'm not going to, because I'm old and I've had two glasses of wine now, I can't, I'm not going to be able to think of a single thing, but like. Four, wait a minute, I can't, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, kidding, I'm totally you know, kidding. You know, I, I, please. Um, but you know, they, I do think that they, and I mean, Amazon Prime, HBO had some great shows you know, and now they've changed I it to Max Entourage. and lost. Like, I, I actually, I did, did love you, it, even though they were gross. That's how I know Hollywood. It. Now, yeah. is, it, is that how Hollywood really is? That it, was yes. okay. I, I don't want to yeah. reveal too much about my my life, but I was in a fraternity. I went to college, and every Sunday night we used to smoke yeah. a little thing or two and watch Entourage and escape reality. And we're like, oh yeah. man, that must be what it's really like. I want to go to Hollywood, and why yeah. can't one of my friends uh, be I a know. famous? This will be great. I'll drive the car the around. I'll get the turtle. Pot. Yeah, I'll be turtle. You, you can know? be turtle. Yeah, turtle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and actually so much so that a lot of my friends who are actors couldn't even watch it because it was like it hit too close to home, you know. Yeah. It just makes you, reminds you of all the things you hate about it. I do, I do think that HBO has got a lot of good content. I remember from, yeah. I don't know, maybe it was the same era. It's not TV, it's HBO. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were really giving their creative people a lot of leeway to go off and do their own thing without the notes that you would get from networks, you know? And that, that was um, a wonderful path for just 
new visions, you know, and then they, they always, they're such a conservative business that not only do they have to steal the fruits of that labor, but they, they think they're one-offs. And so they always go back to the IP, right? The intellectual property, the things that are tried and true. Let's just do a reboot of this show that we did, you know? So, but the shows that people talk about are like the bear and, you know, new stuff, new, creative, unique, different. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. So what's, What's going on in Hollywood? It seems like they're out of ideas. All we're getting is superhero movies, prequels, like you alluded to. Um, yeah. Re, uh, I guess redos of some old movies made in the 80s. Yeah. So what's what's the deal here? What's going on? I mean, this is just cheap, cheap uh, for them to just kind of... <laughs> They basically it's, own the rights to these movies and they can just do exactly. another... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's cheaper. It's also a deeply conservative system on some level, right? And all these people have to justify their jobs. So movies cost a ton of money. And if you are going to spend $100 million on a movie or $50 million on a movie, you at least want it to be something that you can justify if it fails. And you're like, listen, everybody likes this movie. We all like this idea. We knew it. Taking chances is so rare yeah. from the from the executives and the and the owners, right? So like... It's just really hard to get something new off the ground. You know, again, I'm pointing to A24. Um, I think um, you know, there are some independent companies that are trying to do something different. But it just, in the studio system, it is so difficult. And then a lot of times those smaller movies, they don't get theatrical releases. They only get released on Amazon and Netflix. So like, then you're right back into this whole issue of pay us, even though it's streaming, you know? And I do love co-ops and I totally think that there could be co-ops in the Hollywood and in the film industry. Um, And one of the things I read about co-ops is they're, they're growing, they're popular. And I read something about like a five, the five, the five year startup. uh, So with a co-op, Versus a regular corporation um, in five years, I think it's like 80% that a co-op still going to be around in five years versus like less than 50% for a traditional business model or like a corporation. Right. So yeah. I think that this is growing, but you had mentioned this too, like they had, they've done this in the past. There used to be worker media companies and newspapers, worker owned and controlled. Right. What happens um, over a generation or so, you know, they get bought up. You know, the the yeah. the, the people that made their money and started the companies, they eventually want to sell out. They eventually want to retire. Right. They want to, you know, yeah. get their uh, whatever. And then sometimes these big corporations just buy up these companies for class warfare to ensure oh, that, yeah. yeah, these co-ops go away and, and we're the big fish yeah. on the sea or whatever. They buy them to destroy them. Yeah. They buy them to destroy them. Yeah. Yeah. They buy them to, like... We all saw Wall Street, greed is good, right? Or a pretty woman even. Like the Richard Gere character was the evil guy at the beginning who yeah. bought companies to sell them off for parts. And That's so Mitt that Romney, like, right? He was playing Mitt Romney pretty much, wasn't he? I mean, for, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, Bain about, Capital, like, that's what he did. Yeah, Zelensky. Like he's selling his country off for parts, right? Like yeah. that is the fact that we all knew that and there was like, a reflection of that in media or in movies, entertainment in the eighties. And now we've all just moved that way. And like, I mean, I think the younger generation right now, you know, my kids will watch the Wolf of wall street and I don't know that they're totally aware sometimes no. that that's an evil system that they're watching. Like so that's, that's what, it's cool. that's what, um, let's, let's finish with some stuff here. I'm just trying to set yeah. the, the framework for yeah, our discussion. Yeah, yeah. 
You you are a, a, a busy woman, and I'm, I'm really appreciative that you're so generous with your this time. This is so you, much fun. You, I'm having kidding? a good time, too. This is yeah. way outside of the normal stuff I talk about, which is great. I love it. Um, awesome. So, yeah, but you have you have a family and, and kids and you know, a busy yeah. career, so I appreciate it. We're going to go maybe maybe 15 or so, 20 minutes tops. Yeah, yeah. We want to finish up. I want, I'd like to finish up a, a little bit of Hollywood talk because I'm bringing on guests that are experts. And by by far, you know, you, you are an expert in Hollywood. I think you're being too <laughs> modest. You, you know how it works. You're very successful. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you'd like to... Maybe score one of those box office hits. You know, you're you said uh, you weren't you number two for the Rolling Titanic, right? You were almost <laughs> that was no. me. Yeah, yeah, I was right there. You were almost you were right there. If you had landed that role, you were yeah. Throws her emerald in the water. Yeah, yeah. But let's let's talk about this. So, um, what the media does, like the news media, is um, they they try to you know inculcate attitudes, and so does Hollywood. They're not always using graphs. They're not always using figures, data, right. research. Right. They're not saying, here's the Trump policies, here's the here's right. the Biden policies, here's right. a graph, and this is what you should do. Yeah. They just try to, you know, um, repeat some favorite truths. Um, they try yeah. to, uh, this goes back to Goebbels, if you repeat a lie often enough, eventually it becomes truth. And that's part exactly. of what Hollywood does, too. They're not selling yep. us figures and graphs and information and research yep. and saying, Look, you know, capitalism is great. They're inculcating attitudes. So I was, I remember, yeah. I, I don't watch a lot of movies, uh, but I do like Tuesday. I think we have like a half price Tuesday night at the theater. So sometimes I'll yeah. go after work. I watched the Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I was okay. just making note of it. Uh, I didn't like the movie. I'm not into superhero movies, but I went with yeah. a date. And that's the movie she wanted to see. Um, okay. But um, the, the, they were corporations, uh, in in the film, and this is taking place like hundreds of years in the future or something like that. Right. And they had bosses, and there's this like weird, um, you know, I guess it was like a doppelgang world or you know a bizarro world. But yet there were right. corporations, and there was a, you know, a corporate executive making all the decisions. And I'm like, right. this is completely ludicrous. Like, why yeah. would any far off like, society about- include corporate elements in it? So they, yeah. they're trying to make it like yeah. you know corporations just have to exist it's a law of the universe yeah. it's a law of Think the of galaxy the, the trajectory from star trek which is sort of more like a socialist like um, i was gonna say theology ideology yeah. to the to that i i did not see the third one i saw the first two but that's uh really disappointing and sad and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah and i thought in oppenheimer so oppenheimer i did a i did a podcast about it but Basically, I tried to present the film as, um, you know, we found this desolate... Well, first off, the military-industrial complex cast him aside, too. Once he was no longer um, able to provide them with... Or once he was no longer useful to them, he he cast aside Oppenheimer. I will say, though, that producing a nuclear bomb, I think that those scientists knew what they were doing, and they deserve the burden of what they created. You know, and now we have to live in that world. So those people don't get to skate by. I even called them... I even said that potentially... So here, here's an example I made. Um, we put Nazi concentration camp guards on, on trial, even 90-year-old people, which I don't know how I feel about that. I guess there's no um, – there's no dead – there's no whatever. Like statute of limitations. Stat- yeah, justice – yeah. yeah. Justice is – there's no statute of limitations yeah. on justice. But I don't know. Right. I want to live in a society maybe at least to fund the police or even possibly without the police. Yeah, uh, I even want to live in a society without jails. I really like what they're yep. doing in Norway. 
So I don't know how I feel about putting nine-year-old people on trial for crimes that they put they did half a lifetime ago, especially when some of these people are on life support. But again, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna argue yeah. ever on the side of Nazis. Yeah, yeah. I just think yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to live in a society with jails necessarily. So yeah. that's yeah. my thought there. But let's go back to if you're gonna put Nazi concentration camp guards on trial for war crimes, I think Truman was a war criminal for dropping that bomb and killing so many citizens. Could, I, I just at least made the argument. What about what about putting the, the scientists on trial for making that nuclear weapon? I mean, is that a possibility? What do you think about that? My, my, the person I was debating said absolutely not. I, I'm not necessarily th- saying I agree with yeah. you either. But, I mean, the concentration camp guards and then these people that created essentially a nuclear bomb, the worst weapon the world has ever seen, could they not yeah. necessarily at least get a trial for being war criminals? I guess so. I don't know. You know, I get nervous about stifling scientific inquiry. And as How can I, it be used for I, good, though? Can a nuclear weapon yeah, be used for I mean, good? No. I and, mean, there's and, science, and then there's yeah, a worst yeah. weapon of destruction the world has ever seen. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I'm all and, for science. I mean, I'm all yeah, about, I'm getting a yeah. physicist on next week. I'm yeah, all about yeah, science, no, no, and I agree no. with you. I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, yeah, don't, I guess don't create it, number one. Although I, and again, I don't know we, enough about the history. We the, the Nazis had already been defeated when it was dropped. Well, they were not for threatening sure us don't any drop longer. it. Okay, wait, wait. Do not drop the bomb. Yeah. 100%. I don't know enough about his history to like how that all started and what happened, but no, I mean, here's how it started. Here's, here's yeah. how it started. So I, I saw this on Reddit. This was a, um, I don't want to read it all again because it's like seven or eight tweets along with yeah, long yeah, feed. Yeah. But she yeah. is from, I think she's a Latino or um, of, you know, have, having uh, Mexican history or whatever, the people yeah. living in that area. So, but she, they were American citizens um, and she was from New Mexico. So obviously this is where the bomb was dropped. She said, I had family living in the area. My mom, uh, mother was 18 months. They basically, quote unquote, came to this desolate region. They kicked people out of their farms. Oppenheimer oh, and his crew. Yeah. Shot that the I livestock. Know. Disgusting. Yeah, shot shot yeah. the livestock in the head. Uh, then they forced these people yeah. to work uh, for the Manhattan Project. They said, apparently, she said that white people got, um, you know, uh, hazmat suits and gear, all that kind of stuff, while the, the people of, of, the, of the area did not. They all got, like, she said something about, like, uh, 21 females are in the class, women in the class, 17 of them got leukemia. Just terrible, terrible stuff. And she was like, you know, tell Hollywood that story. She said, tell Hollywood that effing story. So this is part about the inculcating attitudes. Capitalism is good. Oppenheimer, you know, this this, person that was kind of born both ways. He was a person of science, but also trying to, you know, help the U.S. government out. His internal conflict. What about the people's lives that destroyed in the mushroom cloud? She had mentioned the mushroom cloud on the day that the bomb was detonated. It rained. So that's rainwater getting into the ground, contaminating it. So these are all things that Hollywood would never talk about during the movie that was done. And that is absolutely reprehensible. To me, that's different from scientific inquiry because obviously you can have scientific inquiry without doing that, right? And that's disgusting and that never should have happened. And I think when you're telling this story, I do think that you have to show how they set up their labs and the people who were there, instead of saying it was a desolate part of New Mexico, that they destroyed all of these people's lives in that community. So that to me is a real uh, lacking, you know, dimension of that movie and also what happened in dropping the bomb well how about democracy i mean we didn't have a say on whether the bomb was dropped and certainly the people living in that area were like 
Could the, could the government pull them and be like, hey, what do you think about like dropping this enormous nuclear yeah. weapon that could yeah. contaminate the region? Are, are you yeah. okay with us doing that? No, that's authoritarianism. No. Yeah. Of course, we are yeah. fighting Just- it against Nazi Germany. But this was another argument made. I mean, with the Japanese people, those people were turned put into. I don't want to say concentration camps because what the Nazis did in Europe, uh, yeah, industrialized killing of Jewish yeah. people and that sort of thing. I don't think you can compare that to anything right. else com- com- completed in history. And some people had even mentioned um, on other podcasts and stuff about the, the 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 I guess detainment centers on the borders being concentration camps. There's there's not uh, gas chambers and um, you know right. burn burning bodies right. and all that sort of thing. The awful things that the Nazis did. So I don't like to compare anything really to the Nazis unless you have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I guess I feel like you know, yes, that was all horrifying. I've used that word so many times, and and I don't need it to be like a you know like a pain Olympics because yeah, I know, right? Like, right? Yeah, right? Like you know, like. Lots of different people have suffered in different ways. What yeah. the Nazis did was... We're not trying horrific. to give an A I, for this country, a yeah, B for this yeah. country. You know, um, we're not grading, but we're just yeah, trying to point yeah. out the hypocrisies yeah, and like, also... What happened here, and, and again, as you said earlier, it was bad. And Very this bad. is our country. So, like, yeah. we feel more beholden to yeah. people to speak out against the atrocities that our country speak out, yeah, that we can, yeah, that we committed. Yeah, I mean, exactly. we can say a lot about what the Nazis did, but we can't change it. You know, it's, it's right. done. It's, right. it's in the past. Yeah. What we can do is change the policies of our government right now. Yeah. And that's what well, I try to focus on. We are poisoning our people right now. Like, no we question are about it. poisoning people right now. So, yeah, I think that was a real missed opportunity in that movie, which I haven't seen. So, but I'm still yeah, check it out. It's good. Not, I, I like not it. to show, yeah. not to show what he did, not what happened to the people in New Mexico, and also the repercussions of dropping the bomb in um, you know in Japan. I, like I, I, I think that that's, yeah. I want to go yeah. a little bit of the education system. But I, I do want to say, though, another, what, 12 or 13 billion today going to Ukraine. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. You know, there, there's a homeless problem uh, in, in America. There's a student debt crisis in America. There's a climate crisis going on in the world. There, I think our infrastructure is rated as a D in terms of our roads, yeah. bridges, water, yeah. schools, sewage, hospitals. So some yeah. of that money could be used right here, yeah. but instead yeah. we are sending it to Ukraine, setting up a puppet government there and trying to weaken our political enemy in Russia, who is definitely carrying out war crime. Putin is a war criminal, just like the ones of, um, yeah. you know, Nazi Germany. Uh, aggression is the, is the most serious crime that Nuremberg was trying to wipe out. Uh, Nazi, uh, I'm sorry, Nazi Russia, Putin, unprovoked uh, invaded Ukraine, and Ukrainians are victims here, but the United States is not helping. Uh, they're fighting a proxy war, yep. and they're using Ukrainians yep. as cannon fodder to weaken their enemy. Absolutely. But I, I do think that Russia was provoked, right? We don't have decades. Well, NATO, yeah, they weren't provoked right, yeah. by Ukrainian yeah. people necessarily. Yeah. Those are the victims. No, right, but but like, they are provoked by NATO, by NATO right, for continuing 100%. to advance yeah. Uh, yeah. up into their border, and I talked a little yeah. bit on the last podcast about yeah. the... Um, Cuban Missile Crisis, what happened there was we essentially almost yeah. put JFK, the psychopath that he was, uh, was one, I don't know if you heard about the submarine, uh, that we had attacked a submarine, they had a nuclear missile on it, uh, one word away, so two, two of the um, officers said yes to, to, the, to, send this, yeah. to, to fire a nuclear bomb, and the other one said no, and that's the only reason we didn't go to nuclear war at the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis, but what also happened, yeah. uh, they took the missiles out of Cuba, uh, we had missiles in Turkey, and I believe, I think it was JFK, um, but this is, might have been the administration after. Of course, he was assassinated. Um, I don't want to get into the weeds there either. But yeah. um, 
he said, you know, we're going to take the nuclear weapons off of uh, Turkey, which we did, but what we didn't tell them is we're going to replace them with even higher tech nukes. So right. there's right. no there's no longer a threat of nuclear weapons in Cuba, and but all we did was replace the nukes. And so basically, the Russian right. people have been in uh, the crosshairs of United States yeah. nuclear arsenal for. I don't know. I guess decades, since the sixties, like six yeah, since yeah. the sixties. I mean, so. that was the whole reason NATO was formed, right? Right. It's a it's a hostile alliance. military alliance, and it definitely provoked yeah. China and the United States, not China, Russia, yeah. but the United yeah. States also provokes China carrying out um, military and naval uh, missions in the South China Sea, thousands of miles away from yeah. any uh, U.S. Yeah. border. Imagine if China was conducting military yeah. operations in 100%. the San Francisco Bay. You know, yeah. that's pr- no. provocation. Yeah. Let's go yeah. to the education system. We don't have too much All time right. left. All right. The yeah. education system. Uh, what do you think the education system is supposed to be about? <laughs> I think it's about, I think the way it's designed here is basically to train people to be obedient, subservient, and train them to do a job and put them within the capitalist system. I don't think it's about training people to be open-minded and think critically and ask um, difficult questions, but to more so discipline them, indoctrinate them, and make them productive members of society. What say you? I agree almost entirely. And it's so unfortunate. You know, my kids both did Montessori when they were preschoolers. And there was, there were like, there were jobs and tasks, which I love because I'm super OCD. You know, I like, like, know how to complete something, everything in its place, a place for everything, all that kind of stuff. I love. But then what that did also was they really encouraged each kid to learn at his or her own pace, to be creative, to do their own thing. And there was something so exciting about watching kids develop. And then you watch as they continue through grade school and then middle school and then high school. And there are some fantastic teachers, but there is so much teaching towards the testing. You know, I do think- Teach the test, which is ridiculous. Yeah, which is, you know, there has to be- I think we need to slow things down a little bit and encourage a love of learning because, you know, you said like, yeah, like you love reading philosophy. I don't, I think you said that that wasn't your major, but you do that out of a love, you know, and I want people to love to read, to read the classics, to read the new things, to read, not just Western, but to, but to read it all. Like I do think we had a core curriculum at Columbia, which I, I think is really important to have a basis of knowledge Let's talk about the Ivy League a little bit, and then I want to get to some rapid fire. So talk to me about the ivory towers of the uh, the Ivy League and um, part about your educational experience, and I want to get into some rapid fire questions. But it sounds like you had a pretty good educational experience, and what do you learn there in those ivory towers (laughs) at the the Ivy League? Uh, What do they teach you that's so expensive uh, for, for a degree there? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I do come from, you know, a father who is a classicist, Greek and Latin, um, a mother who is a sculptor and, you know, was taught in a traditional figurative uh, sculpture, had a lot of training. So, you know, but but what that does, I think, when you learn, and again, it doesn't just have to be the classics. I'm not saying it all has to be old white people or old white men. It can, you like, expand it out, but there, but there has to be a thirst for knowledge. Like read everything. Awesome. Go yeah. see art. Go listen to music. Like all of that. And I and it worries me because I I'm so old. I only got a phone, you know, whatever, 25 years yeah. ago, right? But everybody now and and I am so like all I ever want to do is just be looking at my phone. If I'm bored for mm-hmm. a second, I'm looking down at my phone. And I had like 25 years before that. Mm-hmm. And 
it, so it makes me nervous that like there's not I don't have the patience sometimes to like yeah. read older books. I, I but those moments of being by yourself in a world and learning, I think are so vital. And unfortunately, I think a lot of that has been stripped out of our educational system. So we should maybe do this again sometime. I had a, a lot of fun and so much stuff we didn't get to. I want to finish with some rapid fire, though. Uh, some silly okay. questions. I think it's fun. Okay. Uh, okay, good. And then I'm on you... my third glass of wine. So oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, at the end, I'll give you a few minutes to plug any ideas or where okay, people can cool. find you. And we'll, and we'll wrap it up here. Just a couple uh, more minutes, okay? Perfect. Yeah. We, I had mentioned it. You know, JFK and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Who killed JFK? Definitely the CIA. Okay. All right. I have no doubt. No um, you don't think it was a, you think, uh, you think Oswald was a patsy, do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't know enough about it, but I definitely think our government was involved. No um, doubt. so a lot of emphasis on UFOs of late, um, do you believe Big in distraction. Are no, we, I oh, don't. I like the distraction part. Are we alone in this universe? Yes. We are alone. I like I think it. we're alone. I think so too. And I think this is, I think this That's, is all just a big, stupid distraction. Why I are they agree. doing it now? I They're think we might be alone too. And if we aren't alone, I think it's going to be, I think it's really going to be difficult for anyone to find us on this little dot, you know? Yeah. But and, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So yeah. I was, so I asked some people, they even think we got some crafts in Area 51. You don't think we have any alien crafts in Area yeah. 51? What do you think yeah. we're doing in Area 51? I think we're just hiding government secrets and failures and successes that would that are so horrifically criminal that they just have to hide it. Where do you think Bigfoot is hiding? <laughs> uh, how's, he, how's he been able to stay secret all this time? Is, is there amazing. a nation of Bigfeet out there? Where do you think he is? He, he, is, he is my god. No, I, uh, I don't believe in any of that stuff. Okay. I don't believe in any of it. I'm do you believe in way. God? No. So, um, what, was so that too, was think, that too like, I'm not agnostic. I'm an atheist. I wow. I'm agnostic. I, I'm agnostic. Yeah. So what do you think created the universe? Do you think it was happenstance? Big bang. Yeah. It's a big bang. Total happenstance. What do you think the period of time before the big bang, what, what was going on? Did it exist? Like a marsh of bubbles and organisms forming. If there is a God, I am furious with her for creating so much injustice in this I love world. it. Oh, wow. This is great. This is this is great. Okay. Um, what is art? We talked about some art. What is it, though? What is art, just generally? Art, aesthetics. Oh, how, my goodness. How do you define it? How do you define art? It's a reflection. Does it have to be? I've read some stuff on it. Does it have to, like, uh, imitate reality and nature uh and like there's abstract art and of, of course popular yeah. art with movies i mean does there have to be some um imitation of reality and or, or you know can... i i think it's it's listen we all have different subjective uh re responses to art and i think at its best it can hold a mirror to society or or be aspirational um, I guess I am, I, I'm not a big science fiction person or abstract. I, I'm much more like a realist. So I like things that are based in reality much more than, you know, than science fiction or, or abstract art. But I think for, for the people to whom, for whom they have a big response, I think it's the same. Like they see something in themselves, they see something in society. So it doesn't necessarily have to be representative, but it, it speaks, 
it speaks to you and makes you think about who you are. And sometimes it makes you feel like you found a community and friends, right? Like sometimes you read a passage in a book and you think, oh my gosh, this person understands exactly who I am. She wrote it 300 years ago, but like, wow. Or he, Timeless know, knowledge. Started. I love that. Timeless yeah. knowledge. There's something uh, only a couple so more questions. Um, comforting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a director or an actor uh, you'd like to work with. Does it, do you have any thoughts about yeah. any of that? I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is my all-time favorite actor. I just love everything he does. I think he's brilliant. Um, I think Kate Winslet, I love her. Uh, Kate Blanchett, I love. Directors, you know, I mean, like Scorsese. I was going to say Scorsese, yeah. I'm a big fan How of his can work. You? Yeah, I, got, I, mean, I have a Goodfellas picture somewhere in my house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just phenomenal. I think... Um, I don't, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like who I, it, wow, I wasn't ready for this. Here I am, the actress, and I'm like, I can't think of uh, like The big person. A-list Hollywood insider uh, and yeah. celebrity, <laughs> and I put her on the spot, people. Um, <laughs> you know, I do, I do tend to like, though, smaller, more independent vibe movies, you know? Like, I loved The Big Sick a few years ago. I love, um, I loved uh, You Hurt My Feelings just recently, which was just like a small relationship a movie with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which is, I just loved. So I just want to work with people who are, um, who enjoy being part of a community. Cause I mean, honestly, when you're making a movie or you're in a play, it is such a communal effort. And there's something so beautiful about that. You know, I don't want a director who that cult of power that we were talking about yeah. before. I hate that. You know, you want people who love actors and you hear some, some, some directors, the way they talk about actors, you can tell actors. Just cogs in the machine or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have a favorite movie or a handful of movies? Is there anything noteworthy that you'd like to mention? Yeah, yeah, I do. Are you ready? Sure. Jaws is my all-time favorite I movie. love Jaws. Heck yeah. The first Karate Kid. Okay. I'm not aiming high here. I'm just letting you know. If well, really, you know, yeah, I'm really low bar here. I know. Pop, I'm telling pop, you that if uh, yeah, either one of those movies culture. is on, no matter what it's on, even if it's on something with commercials and mm-hmm. I've tuned in 40 minutes, like I will watch it. My like, oh my gosh, this moves my soul. Um, my left foot. I've seen that, I've, yeah. I've seen that too. It's a good one. That's Daniel Shine. Day Lewis. Yep. I love Shine. Um, and then for something a little more sweet, but I loved how it was adapted from the book is a room with a view. I just think it's a beautiful little gem, you know? Um, but there's so many moments from different movies. Like, I mean, I think about the big sick all the time and I wouldn't say that's like my favorite movie ever, but there was so much in it that I was so thrilled to see on screen, especially as we were talking about in the middle of all these, you know, revamps of old movies or sequels or Marvel or whatever, you know, it's, it's nice to see something that feels off that beaten track a little bit. Two more questions and we'll get to whatever you want to plug and we're done. Give me a hot take, a controversial take, something. You have a hot take, something that's been brewing. You want to get off your chest? Oh my God. You're really, let's upset some people. I'm an anarchist. I ruffle feathers around here. Give me a hot take. I like it, but Oh my God, I don't even know what to say. A hot take that will, upset people. Well, it doesn't necessarily have um, to. Just something that's maybe, you know, going against the grain a little bit on something. 
I can skip it and come back to it. What was I your, know. I'm so sorry. What I don't was your have first car? What, I have one, two, two <laughs> more questions. What was your first car? Okay. It was a Nissan Sentra, a white Nissan Sentra, uh, when I first got out here. And I still need, I'm going to think of a hot take. I really am. I'm going to think of something, uh, but I, it's not coming to me right now. I might have, what if I, I it won't work if I text it to you later. If we do what, another pod, we'll, we'll start okay. with that on the next pod. We'll start now, with the hot I have take. An, I have an easy one for you and then we'll get to okay. whatever you want to plug. Okay. Okay. What is the meaning of life? I'm going to have to just go with. You're love. a parent, right? You're a parent. So yeah. maybe that has a it's lot of just, influence. Love and kindness. I mean, it, it really is. In the end, I used to think it was being great, being the best, doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's been so much tragedy in the world, but we've also had quite a bit in my own family in the past several years. And what we all really need to do, I think, is focus on kindness and love. What are, what are you doing for people in your space and even not in your space? You know, it's that whole thing with Bernie, which... It's one of the biggest disappointments in my whole life. Um, but, uh, you know, fight for someone you don't know. And just be the person, yeah. even in private, who you want to be. And Lila Charles Lee, Hollywood yes, insider, uh, <laughs> A-list celebrity. Uh, her, her, I looked up her IMDb, and it's oh, like 50 boy. pages long, all <laughs> these top-notch films. Not so anyways, if people like the conversation today, you got to podcast yourself, maybe plug your podcast, plug some things that you're doing, maybe some projects or anything you want to plug and where can people find you if they want to, uh, you know, uh, connect. Yeah. Okay. So I am at Lila C. Lee on Twitter. I have a podcast every Wednesday at five Pacific time with my dear friend, Pat, the burner, Pat Cody. It's called punch up pod. Uh, we say it's a Lefty, newsy, and boozy. Uh, it's like drunk history meets The Daily Show. We drink too much and we talk about lefty pol- or politics of the week, uh, news items of the week, and we have a, a blast doing it. You know, um, we started it because we were both, like so many of us, feeling really sad about the state mm-hmm. of the world and we wanted to talk about it, but also find some joy and community in there. So that's like like a happy hour kind of vibe, you know? Um, and that's Wednesdays. Uh, on it's a YouTube on YouTube punch up pod and right now you will find me on the strike line every morning uh, typically at Warner Brothers or CBS Radford walking either with my husband who's a writer who's been on strike for 100 days uh, or by myself in the deep heat it's very hot out there um, but we, he and I, you know, we've done a few projects together um, and we are right now working on a couple that we're trying to put together. You know, nobody's supposed to work for money right now, so we're not, but we're just like banding about ideas that we're hoping to shoot when this is all over. And, you know, these ghouls who own the studios should rot in the hell I don't believe in <laughs> as they're hoping for people who still own homes to lose their homes uh, luckily, we don't have that to lose anymore. We lost it uh, 13 years ago. But um, so that's where you can find me now: the Strike Line and Punch Up Pod, and uh, at Lila C. Lee on Twitter. Working class solidarity. We're all in this together. Thank you, solidarity always. Thanks so much. It was so much fun. I really appreciate. Thank your you time. for having me. This was a total blast, MC. <laughs> I had a great time with you. Thank you. I'll come back anytime. Lila, thanks so much. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you.
That's going to do it on another episode of Necessary Illusions. Thank you for listening. I also want to thank my special guest, Lila Charles Lee, Hollywood insider, actress, and co-host of the Punch-Up Pod with Pat the Burner, who will also be a guest on Necessary Illusions on the weeks to come. Lila and I had a great discussion tonight and a lot of fun. Again, I am your host, MC Squared. No gods, no masters. I'm out.